You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the War Report. All aboard the AM departure from platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. What's up, Warport family? We are back with another great edition of the Auburn Express podcast, powered by the War Report. It's Thursday. Joining me, as always, is my girl, Brandy Mack, my guy, Auburn Memes. Guys, it's been a little slow on Auburn news, but we got some news today. Auburn quarterback TJ Finley has decided to take his talents somewhere else. So he won't be at Auburn. Uh, he's decided to jump in the portal. He put out an announcement on his social media today. Uh, I wanted to get the conversation they kicked off talking a little bit about the portal and how the portal has treated Auburn. You know, TJ Finley's exit is symbolic of what Auburn is going to get in from the portal, particularly at his position. So uh, we know they were looking at a couple quarterbacks, you know, since the inception of the portal. I think TJ Finley was the first guy. He was the first portal quarterback Auburn got. TJ yeah, Finley was the first right. quarterback to come in in the portal at Auburn. Uh, uh, since then, we've had Zach Calzada, Robbie Ashford has come in. Wait, Zach he, transferred technically. Yeah, Zach yeah. was a portal quarterback. Yeah, he was yeah. a portal quarterback, right? But he so, was after TJ. Mm-hmm. So how are we feeling, yeah. right, about the portal? How is the portal treating Auburn, right? Like, I mean, it feels like some people are utilizing the portal. I mean, let's be clear. Last year, USC got a Heisman winner out of the portal, technically. Mind you, he was on our coach, but because of the portal, he was able to follow his coach to another D1 school, start immediately, and won a Heisman. You know, what does Hugh Freeze have to do, man, to, to, to start to get some Heismans? <laughs> I know that's a stretch. <laughs> out of the portal. I mean, they got to be there first. I feel like in – because. You know, there's two portal windows in football, and I feel like in the second portal, the spring portal window, there just hasn't been as much talent as there was in the first portal um, a couple months ago. So I feel like that is probably um, common, though, now that we've had like five years of the portal for the spring portal to be a little lacking when it comes to talent. But all that to say, I think there's still some really good guys in there. We did just get that commit. That's a linebacker from Appalachian State. Um, I feel like that was a pretty good snag, but we definitely still need, with TJ transferring, a quarterback to add to our quarterback room. And then we honestly probably need a wide receiver with some of the guys that have exited in this spring window. I feel like um, Landon King exited, uh, Dawson exited. We, de- I feel like we definitely need some kind of weapon in that wide receiver room. And if we can get a quarterback and a wide receiver, I feel like that would be a successful portal window for the spring. There's talk about Casey Thompson, uh, this kid out of Michigan state thorn that, you know, he freezes looking at the portal. Um, you know, there's an idea here that, uh, you know, we were talking about before we started recording and I want you to read the statement. It was made by on three and they were talking about, what Hugh Freeze needs to do with these two quarterbacks that are in the portal. So, you know, for our listeners at home, can you read out loud what 
what was the guy's name? Jesse Simonton with on three. He said oh, about, man. about, <laughs> about, oh, about man. Getting, getting a quarterback out of the portal. You want me to read the quote here? Yeah, yeah. Read the quote for us. All right, let me get it pulled up. While I'm doing that, y'all, uh, speaking of some hot tweets, uh, check your phones right now, what I just sent y'all okay, while I read this right. tweet. It's hot off the block, fresh tweeted. Uh, but yeah, our boy Jesse is an on three national columnist. And this was the uh, on three sports account tweeted this. I'm just going to read the full tweet verbatim. Hugh Freeze could raise Auburn's 2023 ceiling by adding either Peyton Thomas or, excuse me, Peyton Thorne or Casey Thompson eyeball emojis. And then the quote of what our columnist Jesse had to say, free simply has to make sure one of these two finds a home on the plains. Auburn's bull hopes in 2023 depend on it. End quote. Now I think that last sentence there is kind of the kicker. There is Auburn's bull hopes in 2023 depend on it. That tweet got a little ratio, little Auburn people in the replies, a little bit spicy mm-hmm. about that. Uh, I I think we're all kind of on the agreement that that might have been a, a little bit of a stretch of a take. I think Mike used the words, um, would you say, a little bit of a reckless quote? Yeah, it's reckless. I thought it was reckless. Could adding a transfer quarterback raise Auburn's ceiling? Absolutely. I, I think that is is just that that's a very safe generic statement to say about anybody anytime but to say that their floor is so low with what is currently on the roster that they're not even gonna make a bowl game that is that is crazy does it i i think the debate here and this is my opinion i tweeted this opinion is if you Mm -hmm. had a transfer quarterback you were talking is that quarterback for what is out there right now is that quarterback the difference between one or two wins this season i think that is a fair argument but to say that that floor is below bulk, I think with what you have right now, you could say, okay, the floor is six or seven wins. If you add somebody, maybe you say that's eight to nine, probably leading more about eight. I think nine, I, I have a hard time seeing, because once you get to the top the top, uh, top third of Auburn's schedule, that started getting real heavy. And I don't know if there's a quarterback out there that's going to be uh, going to be beating some of those teams. But to say maybe you go, from seven to eight, that is a very real possibility. Maybe do those wins you have, those five, six, seven kind of base ones look a little bit better? They're not as close with the transfer quarterback? Maybe so. But to not make a bowl game, smashing the hot take button, don't like it. Yeah, like, okay, so I think, I don't know how you guys feel, but I feel like Hugh Freeze is the difference between one or two wins. I mean, before we even yeah. get to the quarterback, the coach is probably going to be the difference between five wins and seven wins, is he not? That's where we have to look first. Because no matter who's the quarterback, I expect him, the self-proclaimed quarterback guru, to be able to get, you know, six to seven wins out of whoever's the quarterback at Auburn based on the talent that's going to be around them. So, you know, can we agree Q Freeze should be worth one to two wins? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I definitely I mean, I think, think Q so. Freeze Nancy- with the line. Go ahead, Brain. Yeah, I just had, I had to I was, get my, that's I had exactly, to get my you know, line. That's in. exactly what I was going to say was, yes, I think one for the coach, maybe even two, but then you add in the talent that's been brought in at the line and combine that with his coaching. Um, yeah, definitely one to two from that alone without even having to to kind of change the the quarterback. Um, 
because you still have a really deep running back room. So yeah, I mean, definitely clickbaity article. And then when you read it, you're like, this is a hot take. Like, what is this person talking about? This person um, doesn't watch Auburn. Like, that's what that's how well, I feel. Right. Like, this, this is somebody who doesn't watch Auburn commenting on Auburn. And, and, and the problem is like, national columnists. Right. And people just keep in mind, like, I think myself included in this, like last year, expectations for some reason were high. Like a lot of us wanted, I think, Carson to succeed because we wanted Auburn to succeed. And thus our expectations and what we thought was going to happen was a lot higher than what actually did happen. So I think people kind of just from the outside looking in can sometimes see Auburn fans as being this crazy school that always thinks they're going to win a national championship every year. And I just don't think that that's true. We don't necessarily think that every year and going into this season in particular, I've at least told myself, I want to be more grounded in what my projections are and what my expectations are for this team. But if you take a look at our schedule, it's one of the easiest schedules that I can remember, at least in the last 10-ish years, maybe even more of Auburn football history, given it's obviously still going to be a tough schedule because we have to play Alabama and Georgia um, at essentially their best uh, in program history for both of those schools right now. So that sucks. But outside of that, I really do think this is a schedule that Auburn can take advantage of um, given our out-of-conference schedule and just just when we play and where we play some of these games. Yeah, I I really think that it sets up well for Auburn um, so, to improve I, over I, last year's uh, record, right? Like, this sets up well for them to just improve. Five wins, and there were a couple wins on, that they left on, on the board last year, as horrible as things were. LSU, let's be real, that should have been a win. As good a season as they had, Auburn should have won that game. Mississippi State in rough. overtime, Cadillac's first game, coaching. Like, that should have been a dub, right? And that's already seven wins right there. Like, where is, where is, how does the quarterback alone, the difference between, you know, five wins and seven wins? I, I don't understand I, that take. Let me get some, let me get something funny about this. Some, some awesome irony about the, uh, the on three guy who uh, said that. So if, uh, let's rewind back a few weeks ago. When our guy, Big Game Boomer, went out there with the what will the Auburn 2023 oh, record be, you know, with all 259 replies and quote tweets. And so Big Game Boomer's response to his own question was Auburn doesn't have a quarterback. They'll be lucky to finish six and six. OK, but it gets better. Auburn Live, which is, a, you know, the Auburn affiliate team site for none other than on threes. Justin mm-hmm. Hokinson responds to that, which is awesome because it's, you know, on three on on three on on three violence here. And this was hoax quote. There's five wins there with me playing quarterback. So not sure to be about in quotes, lucky to be six and six. So I, I almost debated like maybe tagging hoax in this and be like, yeah, I heard, uh, you know, I, I heard your own sites reporters got five wins with him playing quarterback, which I mean, I, I do think I, I, I lean to hoax point there basically being like at least five of those wins are not should not come down to quarterback play at all. I mean, you have right. a quarterback throw less than 10 passes and just be good running the ball. You probably win five of those games. I mean, Hoke had a very realistic point there. So you have just okay average QB play in the seven of those other games. You're not, you get a win somewhere in there. And a handful of those are also going to be a little bit easier just to get to a bowl game. So that that's why these... Auburn not making a bowl takes 
and, and it's not this one guy. Let's be let's be real here. Big big game boomer said it. A uh, plenty of other people have said it. Like that is not a unique take to that guy. I just think that's a lot of people sleeping on this team right now. And I know I appreciate your friend of the program, Zach Blackerby, saying a lot on his show. And Mike, I know you've been preaching this too on yours. Like everybody was saying, let's say no transfer quarterback comes in at all. Like Robbie was playing super, super hurt last year. And they did a really good job of keeping that under wraps. It's just like, you got to imagine, like if he stays healthy, there's a lot more potential of what he could have. Is it going to be this world-changing difference? Maybe, maybe not. But is it going to be better enough than last year? Is it going to be six, seven wins better than five? Probably so. Maybe it's a hot take. Maybe it's not. I just have a hard time seeing that a guy that played at a certain level, very, very injured, probably shouldn't have been playing at all. Like, Does his level of play get raised with better line play? And then a healthy shoulder. Didn't he have like a broken thumb or something else on there too? I mean, just legs were hit. I mean, Robbie was beat up bad last year. So do those short intermediate throws that he struggled with get better with a healthy arm? Probably so. So then you see guys like, uh, you see guys like, uh, what am I, I almost said, uh, I almost said Floyd, May, I almost said Floyd Mayweather. Um, not who we're, not who we're talking about here, but, um, Fairweather, Rivaldo Fairweather, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Floyd Mayweather is a different, different guy. Uh, <laughs> and um, you see, you see him out there. You see Cam Brown. What is Coy Moore going to do? What is Jay Fair going to do? Uh, what is um, uh, Mardner going to do? Uh, Javier Johnson's still on the team. I, don't, I, say, I haven't heard anybody talking about him. I mean, he didn't disappear without me knowing, did he? Yeah, Javaris Johnson is still out there, man. He's going to be a key piece in what they do, I think. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, there's like to. a lot. And they might bring in another receiver. I mean, we might just play receiver trades. He's with Colorado with that dude who's got like a super long name. And then we gave him Dawson. So, like, you know, that, that'll be a great meme if that ends up happening. So, like, the pieces, I th- and I think everybody kind of feels this way, I, I think the pieces on offense are not necessarily done yet. With... And I, I'm going to stake it right here. Unless Auburn is just littered with injuries next season... They will make a bowl game. Y'all going to call me on that? We, we say, is that a yeah, okay? Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I agree. I mean, if if a bowl game is not made in year one, it's definitely... Um, That's a failure for Hugh Freeze, 100%. And yeah. I don't think you can yeah, blame it on... We didn't get a portal, yeah, I don't think you blame it on... We didn't get a portal quarterback, so we couldn't win six games. No. You got right. paid $6 million a year. That's a million dollars a win, Hugh. Like, go out and get it done. You said... Yeah, yeah. At your introductory press conference, I turn programs around quickly and I develop quarterbacks. So either do that with one of these portal guys or do do it with one of the guys on the roster. This is not a talentless team. And I think that that is, I think the results have, have tricked people into thinking that this is a talentless team. It's not a talentless team. I think the talent has been misused and misappropriated by the last few co- coaching staffs they started to figure some things out in the run game over the last four games of, of, of last season. And it's been, you know, like, you know, everybody thought all of them can't run the ball. And then what did they do over the last four games of last season? They ran the ball. And as a matter of fact, they ran for more yards than any team has on Nick Saban during his time at Alabama. 303 yards in that Iron Bowl. 
Auburn ran the ball. They could they can run the ball. You got to think that they are going to be able to improve on that this year because it was hard for them to be worse than they were last year. So if they improve at all, if they guys, if they show any improvement at all, right? Putting it all on quarterback doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. I think that assumes that no other areas of the team get better at all. Auburn's going to be worse in the one run game, worse at wide receiver, worse on defense. And we all know that's not true. They're going to have one of the strongest secondaries in the conference. You know, mm-hmm. if they find a pass rusher, if there's a pass rush, whew, defense could look pretty nasty. Nowhere to go up but up for the linebacker room. Same thing with the offensive line. You know, the quarterback should be improved no matter who it is. Literally, no matter who it is, we should see improved quarterback play next year. I don't. I yeah. just don't understand that you're putting the one to two wins extra they need on the quarterback alone, there are so many things that could add one to two wins if everything else stayed the same. But I think it's a foolish assumption to assume that all other things are going to stay the same and you're just going to add a quarterback and you're going to win two more games. Come on, man. Come yeah. on, Jesse. And I also I still think, think it's that, important, think- like from a rebuilding standpoint, that you don't build a team around the quarterback. You build a team and the quarterback should be not necessarily the last piece, but all of the pieces around the quarterback should be to support the quarterback. And it doesn't start at behind the center. It starts everywhere else and it finishes behind the center. That's my take. Well, lead. But you see, that's right. That's what Gus did. You see, Gus would get the quarterback, but he didn't get the line. Like if you're building that. that team, yeah, you start. In, I mean, let's be real. You start in the trenches start and that's the, the problem Gus had. You didn't, you didn't have the line, but it would be, all right, we got Stidham. You know, we got Bo, we got, we got Marshall, we got uh, Jeremy Johnson and uh, Tyler Queen and some others that we don't need to necessarily Tyler think Queen. about. But anyway, Sean, Sean White. <laughs> you know, I, I'm a Sean White truther. Hey, you know what I mean? Sean, you okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, we yeah. know Sean White a little bit. Gus wasn't hyping up Sean White. <laughs> you do start in the trenches, though. And for somebody to say, oh, one to two wins based off of their quarterback, it would have made a lot more sense if they would have said one to two wins extra based on their O-line improvement or right. based on their run blocking at on the line or what, like, honestly, it, anything along those lines would have been better than just pointing out the quarterback specifically. I think it's it 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 a lazy take at best. I, I think it feeds this narrative that teams should be, especially post-spring, Brandon, you kind of brought it up, like, you know, the post-spring portal period is not the cream of the crop, let's be clear. These are guys who went through the spring wherever they were at, and they didn't win the job. So, unless it's a graduate transfer, or one of these special situations, like, looking for some savior in the second portal period is probably not smart. In all positions. Yeah, right, it's just not smart at all. So like, let's, let's just start there. Uh, number two is it's got to assume that the talent that's currently on the team is so much worse that they will come that, that somebody who comes through in the second portal period is going to be an instant improvement over who you have. And I'm just not sure that guy exists in the portal for Auburn right now as well either. Lastly, um, his whole premise again feeds this this idea that. You know, teams should be in the portal looking for a savior, savior every year, and that's not the way you build a program. You build a program through recruiting, right? The portal is for filling pieces, right? And the SEC is such a quarterback-driven conference now. The first three picks in the NFL draft 
uh, uh, three of the first four picks, quarterbacks, two of them were SEC guys. Right? We had, what, Will Levis and Anthony Richardson off the board in the first four picks. Will Levis wasn't off the board. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I brought you on. I'm sorry. I don't know why I Will Levis. Don't. I I looked at Brandy and saw Will Levis. Levis. I know where he went. I'm sorry. That was trickery for Brandy. Yeah, I, I know that was pretty real. I'm sorry. Bryson and Anthony. Yeah, all right. I'm sorry. Will, Will famously sat there, not drafted for quite a while. But, but you get my point, right? Like, there are, there are so many dynamic quarterbacks in this league, and without dynamic quarterback play, it's hard to be good. And to think that you're going to get one of those guys in the second portal period that's going to come into this conference and set the world on fire, good luck. It's more about the pieces around that quarterback. So if that guy's already not going to be one of those guys, I would argue that the importance of landing one of those guys is not that great <laughs> to begin with. Does that make sense? Am I making sense? Right? Like that makes sense. Yeah, you, you're not. If he's not one of the set the world on fire guys anyway, the pieces around him are going to be more important to his success than he himself. Because he's I, I, not that guy. I want I want a hot take on portal period number two. Okay, spring portal period, whatever you call this time of year. I think it'll seems like it changes every year. But now I digress. What you're really looking at, and I think everybody everybody hadn't figured the portal out yet. So I think at the time everybody thought everybody jumps in the portal. You're a top tier school. You pick who you want, and this year kind of scratching their head like, oh, there wasn't as many in the portal, wasn't as many good, whatever the situation may be. Didn't quite pan out I think both periods about exactly how everybody thought it might end up happening and I think you're going to kind of see changes as anybody kind of figures it out as the portal adjustments kind of level out as NIL levels out and we can observe those later on but it's it's obvious that every year that this thing has happened the patterns and trends have changed enough to where you don't really feel quite confident that you got it just figured out but what I think you're going to see in the key of the portal, especially in this portal period moving forward, is like when you're grabbing guys after spring, you're really going to want to go after upperclassmen or grad transfers from smaller schools as depth pieces. And I think the guy that Auburn uh, grabbed today, Jalen, is it Jalen uh, McLeod? Is it McLeod? Yeah, Jalen yeah. McLeod. Very like good. That, very good. That's the perfect pieces you want there you got a guy that's been playing football for a long time i'm assuming you vet him in as a good culture fit knows football so maybe missing spring isn't going to be as big of a deal because they can catch up a lot quicker they've been watching they have been they've had a football mindset at this level of football for a few years even at a smaller school they are still a veteran football player at the college level so you get a guy who played it was at app state right yeah, mm-hmm. it was Appalachian State, good school, smaller school. You know, they beat Michigan once upon a time, and that—that's what you get. I mean, uh, what what's his name? Um, was it was it Harris they got last year? Was that uh, was he one of Eastern Kentucky or Western Kentucky or Northern Kentucky? Who, who's who, who's that late snag in? Was it Brad Marcus Bragg? Yeah, Brad. Yeah, like guy that came in and you saw it very very late in the late in the uh, transfer period. Really just like, oh, that's a guy that's going to be a depth piece. Well, you know, when Eku Leota goes down and moves things around, like got some good minutes in there and played a good role for what was needed. Probably 
exceeded a lot of expectations of what people thought. Those are the kind of guys that I think this is what you grab in this to help with depth pieces, to help with injuries, to help with rotations or whatever else. A veteran player who has a really, really high floor. Maybe the ceiling's not quite there, but you know that that is going to be someone who may not be making the biggest play, but they're definitely not giving it up either. That is what this time of year is going to be for, is filling in rooms that look a little thin. And that's what I was going to be talking about earlier, was the deal with the schedule, kind of responding to our uh, our guy who said that Auburn wasn't going to make a bowl game without a quarterback. But injuries is going to be the kicker here because there are some position groups that are good with the starters, but they're a little bit thin. I think linebacker, I think we're looking at edge and we're still looking at offensive line. You got one person go down with whatever. It obviously happened to Eku Leota last year. And I think there's a pretty safe debate to be made that losing Eku was a massive trajectory change for that defense. I will die on that hill after the draft. I really wish he came, came back. Because I think had he stayed this year and been like the guy on this defense, Eku's a that dude's going at a, a, a top round in the in the draft. But I digress. There are going to be, it's unfortunate, but it's going to be a fact. There's going to be some injury on one or both sides, probably both sides of the ball. We just don't know who yet, and they got to get pieces in there, especially the ones that are thin. And linebacker was one of those that was thin, and I'm sure you're going to see some more with some edges and maybe a lineman here or there just to, hey, maybe not necessarily a starter, but you're going to be there, so we're not having to <laughs> look at our look at our walk-ons and say, all right, you're in. So, And that's going to be the biggest thing for this season. If Auburn can stay as healthy as possible, I think the, the way the schedule plays out is really good, but they cannot afford to have an injury at some of those very, very key, thin positions. Because I think at starter, Auburn's good, but like I said, after that, it's a little iffy. Either way, if you're depending on your quarterback to come in and save your season at this point, man, I, I think that um, you're more likely to be sub 500 than you are to be over 500. And uh, this take by this Jesse Thornton guy, right? Again, very short sighted. I think it shows a lack of knowledge of other aspects of the team. Um, you know, Hugh Freeze has said Jarquez Hunter is already the best back he's ever coached, and he hasn't coached him a game yet. Right. So you have this coach who's won games in this conference and he's already working with talent above and beyond what he's ever had, even when he was coaching at this level. And that includes guys like Evan Ingram and Laquan Treadwell and like, you know, guys who went on to play ball at the next level. So, you know, I think that Auburn, you know, again, is not a talentless team. I think talent misappropriation has been more of an issue at Auburn than anything. They just haven't known what to do with the talent that they've had, and so they've made it look worse than what it is. Now, we talked with Cole Kubert. Cole Kubert came on the show, guys, and he talked about how um, system can make an offensive line look bad, certainly, and how the scheme can help a lot of these guys look good. And that's the other piece to this that I think that a lot of people are missing is, is that the better scheme, the presumably better scheme, the Hugh Freeze and Philip Montgomery are putting together should be good for the one to two wins as well, too, if you ask me. Because you almost had those wins last year in the midst of chaos. LSU, Mississippi State, like, you know, come on, man. Those wins were right there within their grasp. And with a better system, Auburn probably could have won those games. They didn't, 
right? And so if Hugh knows what he's doing and you get find yourself in those same situations, you have to believe that the coach and the system is going to be the difference between whether they win those games or not. And that's what gets you to a bowl game, right? A good quarterback is the difference between whether you have a barely make a bowl game or, or you contend for your division, if you ask me, right? That's where Auburn's at. So, you know, one of these guys comes in and performs the way that he's saying, then, yeah, I think Auburn scares a lot of people next year. Maybe they don't win the division, right? Like, obviously, but like, you know, I think that it, they're not a team anybody wants to see. Certainly. But I mean, the West, the West is in a weird spot, because I mean, especially because let's be honest, like Alabama doesn't have a quarterback situation paved with sunshine and rainbows right now either. No, they so do not. <laughs> this this might be one of the best, for me personally, this might be one of the best years of Alabama quarterback play that I'm I'm just crossing my fingers it happens. Like, I, I just can't wait for them to finally have some quarterback suffrage. And then, <laughs> I, I mean, and then after that, like, you know, Mississippi State's going to be completely changing up their system with the new coach. So who knows what that's going to look like. I think it's a dice roll for Kiffin every single year at Ole Miss. I just never I, – I made I made hot takes on him last year. I'm just – I'm done with it. And and then, you know, Arkansas with Pittman, I mean, they're probably going to be regressing some. You have – I think LSU is really going to be the one in the West to worry about. And the same kind of deal with A&M, like, that's, that's still kind of a weird one right now. That That's going to be a crossroads. Has Jimbo got this thing turned around there? They still had a lot of talent from that class, despite losing a lot of it. Is is it going to get turned around? There's still some question marks in the West, but I mean, I think it's, I think LSU is the one that I think as of today, we're recording this podcast. You got to feel the most nervous about right this second. Yeah, definitely. Like, listen, man, I, I you know, the, the West is tough. It's always going to be tough. Um, and I think that Alabama will find a way to be dangerous. It's just too much talent around whoever's going to play quarterback there. So they'll find a way, you know, to give everybody problems, you know, this coming season. Really, I really but, hope they don't. It'd be great if they don't. <laughs> but like if Alabama, if Alabama could lose like four or five games this year, oh man, it the, would break Twitter. It would break. The, the, first of all, Brandy down. Will 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 like Brandy will is going to cut up, and we're not. I mean, we're going to have to do something special with Brandy if all if, if Alabama loses four or five games. Yeah, let's let's time out on that, Brandy. What what uh? He's what, gonna go that, after. What, you talk oh, about a, okay, you want to talk about building a team in the trenches? You know who is not doing that right now, based on the draft that just occurred? The Titans. I'm just, all I'm gonna say on that, they are not doing that. <sighs> Brandy had the to Titans get that. Had that a, I, a horrible offensive line last year, and mm. their receiving core is essentially non-existent. They did a good job with their first pick, but the second pick. It's like the third year in a row they've drafted a quarterback. I don't get it. I don't understand. You've been like, uh, you got your, you caught your keyboard on fire Saturday tweeting about this. Yeah. This is the one, this is the one player in the entire draft that I do not want to end up on my team. So uh, I'm very upset about it. And they, I've, I, yeah. So did you hear anything we said? Rumors. Did you hear anything we said in the last five minutes? Or has that just been so hot, so hot on your mind? You were just like, I got... I, well, when I we were talking about building a team in the trenches and how a quarterback impacts a team, like I'll tell you right now, a new quarterback on the Titans is not going to give you one to two more wins because right. the offensive line still sucks. The wide receivers can't find separation. You have to run a flea flicker just to get the ball to the second wide receiver on the team. The safeties are awful. Like 
Oh, I could go on and on. So Mike, we said some trigger words building, here. <laughs> building <laughs> yeah, a team Brandy. in the trenches. Take notes, Titans, of what Hugh Freeze has started yeah. to do at Auburn because uh, you need to do the same thing. It was uh, an so- epic Twitter. I'm not even calling it a meltdown. It was an epic Twitter. Like, like Brandy, we couldn't even talk to her. We were in a group chat. We we're like, yo, Brandy's going off right now. And I mean, she'll catch up to these tweets later. But man, these it are was the definition. Of, it, it was like, I've never seen tweeting through it more thoroughly <laughs> tweeted through than what Brandy was. Doing. I mean, it was, it was just like, Brandy's Twitter was like just a gateway to her soul oh, in that moment. It, it was, was a definition of point yes, it, it really was, you guys. That hurt me so bad. And I think it's because I have PTSD from the draft last year. I was watching the first round out with friends, and they're like, blockbuster trade incoming. The Titans are sending AJ Brown to the Eagles. And all of us are like, what the fuck? Like, you, this is literally the franchise wide receiver, and you're sending him to the Eagles. So, I have PTSD from that. I literally replied to the Titans and I was like, this is worse than when AJ got traded last oh year. Oh my God. Oh so, my God. Okay. So what's actually really funny about that is a lot of Titans Twitter was also up in flames. Maybe not as um, tweeting through it as I was, but the reason why a lot of them were possible. Well, the reason why a lot of them were, were because of, they were a lot of the Titans fan base is Tennessee Vols fans. And then hooker was still on the board. So they're like, if you're going to draft a quarterback, why wouldn't you just draft the hometown hero? So the fan base is pretty upset by that. And then in the seventh round, they drafted a wide receiver from UT Martin. And that receiver from UT Martin in his one one game against an SEC opponent this past season was against Tennessee. And he lit them up for like 150 yards. So Mm, there's mm. a theory that the front office might be trolling the fan base a little bit, which is actually kind of funny in hindsight. Mm. So. Original question I had, and I, I, I don't want to get any trigger words here because just, you know, I, 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 I'm trying to healthy mindset, you know, good places we're trying to get to here. What do you think? Like, if you're betting on the odds of how many wins Alabama gets this season, what do you, what do you, what number are you hitting? Well, last year, the line was for both Georgia and Alabama was an undefeated line over under. So, not a chance that's coming for Alabama this year. I don't, yeah, I don't think that's coming for them. Um, hmm. Oh, here we go. All right, let's I go. Think, I, think um, get, I think they'll get to 10 wins. I was going to say it's 10 and a half. If you would you hit over or under on that? Um, man, that is tough. Let me pull up their schedule because I don't know what. Um, they play South Florida on the road. How did that happen? That's their neutral site game. No, they play Texas at home. No, no, no. They play. They play Alabama. I said they play Alabama. They play South Florida on the road. Neutral site or no, like at South Florida. That's weird. Yeah, like like literally. South Florida, the the bull like the Bulls, the team that beat Auburn in two thousand seven, they play at South Florida, and I do not see anything that indicates that's a neutral site. I don't know why you'd have a neutral site game game three. So that was that was weird. I mean, I don't see that was being a neutral site. Yeah, I don't think there's any indication. Uh-huh. So I don't know. That was a yeah, it's I mean, in you- Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. I'm almost positive. Um. Yeah, that's the Bucks Stadium. So, 
I don't, maybe it's considered neutral site, but that is very weird. Mm. Mm. Yeah, because so I didn't weird. know. Yeah, so. Because <laughs> I didn't know if they normally, I didn't know if South Florida plays there anyway. I don't, can't say I'm the biggest bull. After 2007, I just wrote South Florida off after they broke college football that year. But yeah, it was just kind of a weird, I guess that was some contract agreement with them. But anyway, going back, I guess going back to the base base point of that schedule, like looping that into the fact that they've also got some, what will hopefully be just wonderful quarterback controversy. And then I guess the next, next, next question of that, after you answer that, after you look at the 10 and a half with that schedule, what do you think Auburn's is going to be? So I just looked at Alabama's schedule, and honestly, they have a relatively easy schedule. They have they Texas at have an easy schedule. Yeah. They have Texas at home, and then their East opponent is Kentucky. So honestly, if the Iron Bowl was in Tuscaloosa, I would easily bet the over ten and a half. But it's not, and we all know anything can happen in the Iron Bowl, especially when it's in Auburn. So I think Alabama is going to finish with either ten or eleven wins. So I'd probably stay away from that line. Um, Dangerous one. Yeah, because let's be I, honest. I don't, I don't like like the, that. The only reason Alabama ever beats Texas is they go and break the quarterback's shoulder. So, like, if I'm if I'm yours again, I'm like, I'm staying away from this game. Like they they're they're after this throwing arm. They did it to Colt McCoy. They, they'll do it again. So maybe maybe Arch Manning has a season-ending shoulder injury because Alabama goes after the old faithful play, but. What's your yeah, what would I mean, be your line for Auburn's? I I can go ahead and tell you what I would do there. Oh, give me a line. well, I, I think Vegas doesn't have these lines out. The I think line right is- now for Auburn, you've got to say I don't know what Vegas says. I'm in a quarterback situation. You got to say seven and a half wins. It wasn't even that high last season. Well, no, but this is this season. Seven and a half. Okay. <laughs> um. Uh, This is Barn Vegas lines. Barn Vegas lines. Okay, so we're going to beat UMass. I think we'll beat Cal. We'll beat Samford at home. Okay, all right. I want to pause, pause, pause. Mike, give me on this. Why is everybody just assuming Cal's just this automatic win? I know. They're bad, you guys. They were bad last year. it's, it's, It's on the road. Auburn's going across the country. We have not generally played well in the state of California football. Every time Auburn they, does own the Pac-12. That's the other side of that equation. Now, not when they go out there, I'm telling you. Every time Auburn has gone out to California since 2004, they've lost. The um, last time Auburn played in California was USC, and was that 0-2 or 0-3? It was one o- of the two. 0-3, o- and they lost, right? Because of the home um, and home with them, yeah. Right. Well, technically, the last time Auburn played in California was 2013 <laughs> in Pasadena. And well, that too. Yeah. <laughs> right. True. <laughs> so, I'm just saying... Uh, like, listen, I get it. I just don't know why anybody would chalk it as an automatic W for Cal. But like, we'll see. Again, the Hugh Freeze effect. I expect it to be better because the coach is going to be better, the system's going to be better, and that should make the players better. And the talent should be there. there I, I, there's still a talent gap between us and Cal, and I think that that's what it gets lost in last year's end record is is that this is this team has a ton of talent on it, guys. Auburn Cal, football I mean, has talent. Okay, I get so, Cal won four games last year, but uh, I, I still ner- I'm just jaded. But yeah, sorry, so Brady, keep going. So well, you, not, you've got Cal's okay, a W. So, oh, I hate to, I hate that you gave me seven and a half and not six and a half because I think Auburn is like right on. We'll be right on the cusp of seven wins, eight wins. 
I think the ceiling is nine wins maybe for this team. And I think the floor is six wins. So somewhere in between six and nine, which I know is like obviously basic and anybody could probably guess that. But one, Mississippi State has a new head coach this year. Their defensive coordinator was promoted to head coach. So I think Mississippi State's going to take a step back this year. And they're um, changing the air raid system too. So they're not, I don't think they're running like the air raid anymore. Exactly, which was the biggest threat that they had during Leach's tenure, obviously. So I honestly feel a little more confident about that game than I would have had like Leach still been the coach there. So right. Um, and they don't have Rodgers anymore, right? Is he finally gone? Yeah, Will Rodgers is done. So yeah, so I feel I feel good about that. So Vanderbilt, um, if we don't beat Vanderbilt, <laughs> I'll be very upset. I'm gonna go to that game because it's here in Nashville. But I'm gonna count that one as a win. So Mississippi State and Vanderbilt are two conference wins that I think are not easily attainable, but are more attainable than some of our other conference Wait. wins. Yo, Will Rogers, y'all sure he's gone? Uh, I'm not gone. sure if he's gone or not. I'm, I'm not sure. Gone. I just the Google search. I'm like the Google searching shows that he's still he's still at Mississippi State. No, no, dude. Will Rogers has to be. No, he's a because I'm like he didn't. I was like they weren't talking about him in the draft, and I'm like, he's, yeah, he, he's he a junior and going into his senior year. But I really don't care who's on that team. Like, I they lost their best offensive player in Rara. Ra, okay, hey, and right. he still they there. lost their biggest differentiator that helps them win games that they sometimes shouldn't have been able to win was their coach. Okay. They don't have their coach anymore and they don't have rah-rah anymore. So who is Will Rogers throwing the ball to? So I'm Will Rogers been there forever. He's not been there for three years. If you look up how long he's been there, he's got a a COVID year and he's, you know, I I feel like they're just giving out like, you know, he's he's got a leap year coming up. I mean, they're just giving out years for anything. So I do think they will be a lot um, more competitive on the defensive side of the ball because their head coach is defensive mind and they actually had a pretty decent defense last year. So I think they'll be pretty decent on that side of the ball again. But anyways, I think Mississippi state and Vanderbilt are too attainable in conference wins for mm-hmm. Auburn. This is given our current roster. So okay. things may change like is what it is. So that's we'll two have this right conversation there. three more times as we now in September. We will, we will right. off season. Gotta love it. So, and then UMass Cal and Samford three wins in a row, I think to start off the season, um, yeah, I mean, I get it out in California for Cal on the road, travel fatigue, maybe don't perform well in that state. But if you watched Cal football last year, which unfortunately I did because I bet on some of their games, they're awful. <laughs> I was so, asleep. Yeah. Pac-12 after dark gets fun. So I'm um, there. They're just hor- very, very horrible. Um, will be a good road test for us. And it might end up being a close game because it is our second game of the season and it is on the road. Um, but I'm going to count that one as a win in, in, in all of this. Um, I'm going to count Georgia as a loss. I'm going to count LSU as a loss. Yeah, well, what about A&M? Did you get A&M? I haven't yet. No, I'm going okay. so to count Georgia and LSU as a loss. And then, so I have five wins right now and two losses confirmed. And don't come at me, but I'm just going to go ahead and count Alabama as a loss. There's just too big of a talent gap right right now for me to be comfortable claiming that as a win at any Time. So five and three is where I'm at right now. <laughs> um, okay. And then, so Arkansas um, is on the road and um, Ole Miss is at home 
And I think we'll split that. Not sure who we beat, not sure who beats us, but I think we split that. So I'm at six and four. And then, gosh, AM, uh, I don't know. What, station. Right. Oh, and we'll, we'll beat New Mexico State. Did I already say that? I'm not I sure. Think, I think you did. And that was in your five because you had UMass, Cal, Sanford. UMass, Cal, Sanford. And then New Mexico, uh, New Mexico State, State would be four. Miss- Mississippi State is six because I had them in there. And then splitting Arkansas and Ole Miss gives me seven. Yeah. Um, so, so, so then it's like you're under seven and a half. It, I mean, I have really, yeah, yeah, I think I am. Um, mm. I just, it's, it's tough. Like some of these other teams also like are waiting to get guys in the transfer portal too. I think LSU is going to be really competitive. And unfortunately we have to play them on the road. Texas A&M is, Oh, I didn't, that's the one game I didn't put in there. So I'm yeah, that's the one game I haven't chosen yet. I don't know that, that to me is like a very big wild card game. It's early in the season. It's on the road. Um, I just don't know. Okay, so here's my deal. UMass win, Cal win, Sanford win, right? Then you get to Texas A&M. In honor of B-Will, I'm going to go Texas A&M win because Jimbo is probably the worst coach in the SEC right now. Is there a worse coach than Jimbo Fisher in the SEC right now? Yes. Who? Who's worse than Jimbo? In just just the SEC West or? Yeah, in the SEC West right now. Is there a worse coach? Okay, I was going to say, I had a a SEC East coach to to bring (laughs) up. But, um, I mean, I think Jimbo is a better coach than. um, Who's the SEC East coach? Uh, I was going to say G5 Billy Napier. Billy Napier. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to give you Napier. I I I think Jimbo's a better coach than Zach Arnett at Mississippi State. I, and I, I hate to say that like, I'm chilling, I'm, I'm cheering against Billy Napier, but there were so many like Auburn people in 2020 who were like, oh, we need Napier. And it was just like for no other reason than essentially it was like he was on Saban's staff and they were like convinced he could recruit. And just nothing has been going Florida's way. And it's just like finally, like it, it's just finally a great relief to be like, uh, Auburn actually dodged a bullet for a change. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully. Um, it, I mean, maybe not. Maybe he'd have been better than Harson was at the end of the day. But maybe we didn't dodge a bullet. Maybe we should have got. All right, now now I'm in my feels here. But anyway, we need to get Billy Napier, and hopefully it doesn't work out for Florida. So then I can laugh at those people who did want him. Be like, haha, I was right. Same deal for Sark. A lot of people wanted Sark. Hope he does bad at Texas, so I can say the same thing. Only for self interest there. But yeah, all right. So Billy Billy Bonk. Mike A and M loss. So Mike, I'm sure you got George's win, right? Yeah. Auburn. Uh yeah. Auburn's obviously gonna be the two time defending national champs. All right. Yeah. yeah. No, that's an L. Uh LSU, probably an L. It's in Baton Rouge. Uh, Mrs. Ole Miss. Uh I'm gonna give Auburn, I'm gonna chalk a win for Auburn versus the fighting lane Kiffins. Miss that Auburn, that game always is uh, that late October game is a as Auburn's hot, hot time. But you got to think, what are people going to be doing? You know good and well that if Auburn loses those three games in a row, people are going to be going nuts. Right. Yeah. I just, I don't know, man. Like, I just going to, I'm going to give them the win there against Ole Miss. Mississippi State, I'm, again, I just don't see it, guys. I don't see some insurmount. They, they took them to overtime last year and they were complete dumpster fire. I'm giving Auburn the win here. Um, 
Uh, and it's at Auburn. Let's be honest, too. Last year. Let's be real. Like, Hugh Freeze is going to be waking up for that Ole Miss game. He will. He will be waking up. That is going to be like the Mississippi State one, too. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, some history there. And Cohen sabotaged us in baseball, so I'm not sure if I trust him not to. Uh oh. You know, Cohen Cohen might have too much dog in him to let that one slide so easily. Now, hear me out on this Vanderbilt is not an easy out. I don't think Vanderbilt's going to be easy out, right? Um, right. I, 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 I will give Vanderbilt, I will give Auburn the win here, but I don't think it's going to be an easy game. Arkansas is a toss-up in my mind. Um, I'm going to chalk an L here for Auburn for right now. Um, Arkansas? Yeah. I think um, that's fair. Uh, in uh, New Mexico State win, Bama loss, right? So what I have here is I have wins versus UMass, Cal, Sanford, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, and New Mexico State, and that's eight wins. And I think that that's reasonable. I think when you look at that schedule, what game there that I chalked as a win is crazy. Wait, wait, did you say Arkansas was a win or a loss? A loss. A I loss. chalked as an L. That's seven. That's seven wins. Is it seven? Wait, hold on. No, that's eight. That's, no, it's that's eight. eight. Right, that's yeah. Eight. U- UMass, Cal, Sanford, Texas uh-huh. A&M. Oh, wait, I thought all, you said A&M all, was a loss. No, no, no. That's a win. That's a I win. I thought you said in honor of B-Will, we lose at A&M. No, no, no. no we he win. said in honor of B-Will, we win because win. he said B-Will's the worst. Or, Jim, Jim, Jimbo's the worst. He's awful. <laughs> B-Will yeah. is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, B-Will's the worst. Sorry, B-Will. Here, no, I'm, hearing, I'm hearing things, yo. My, my skits yeah, is yeah, that. Yeah, this is going to completely the- change everybody, by the way, when the transfer portal is over, grads have all transferred, and going into fall camp, we have totally different, not totally different, but semi-different teams. All right, all right, all right. So well, hey, here's the here's the good news. If we do this episode like three or four times, the segment three or four times, we have to be right eventually. Like, all yeah, that's what I'm saying. So all we got to do is like just cite, just pull an audio clip from one of those episodes, and just hope that no one listened to the other five. We were wrong. Like, see, I called it, and like we can clip ourselves. Like, fucking genius right here, knew it. Yeah, yeah, trackers. yeah, yeah. Trackers. So, so that's that's where I'm at about it. Like, listen, I, I think eight wins is attainable. Um, I think you go out and you get a momentum, a season momentum win at Cal. Go into California and get a win for a damn change, right? And then you come out of there, and um, this is a you know, Brandy mentioned it. This is a favorable schedule for Auburn. So if they can pull some things together, I, I don't think it's crazy. Now, I admit, if things don't come together, you might see a lot of what you saw last year with them losing games they should win at the end. But the coach should be the difference, and I think that's why you fire your coach and you hire a new coach, not the quarterback. Yeah. The coach, guys, not the quarterback. This this may not make a difference, but it is interesting to note that Auburn does have their bye week before LSU. So. Who's to know? And LSU's got to play the mighty Missouri Tigers while Auburn will be resting and getting film. So we'll see mm. how that goes. LSU's got their bye week before Bama, which is great. So they mm. play Army. Interesting. Ar- Army bye week Bama. So that'll be a uh, – because, you know, I always love looking at the bye weeks because I think that tells an interesting story. What I haven't done is see who has their bye weeks before they play Auburn. Mm. Because sometimes that can be because I think Auburn and Arkansas both had that last year. I think they both had bye weeks before each other. If memory serves, never, never good to see that. Doesn't matter. Last year's last year. I don't have to think about it too hard. But um, 
Yeah, it'll be that'll be another thing I need to check out here to see for some of those like toss up games to see um, who might be having an extra week of rest and preparation for Auburn. But uh, mine, real quick, uh, first three dubs. Uh, I don't like A and M, Georgia, or LSU, so I'll put those as losses. Uh, and I, honestly, I do agree. I like both the Mississippi schools. I solely for the fact that I agree about the deals of Mississippi State, and I think that the Hugh Freeze Ole Miss game is going to be absolutely lit, and that is a game he is not gonna not gonna take. But there's gonna be a lot of storylines around that game. That that could be game day worthy just for the just for the antics of Freeze versus Kiffin, which I mean could turn into a great rivalry all on its own. I'm sure you get Vanderbilt, so you get 3-3. So right there, you're chilling at six wins. And I think you get seven with New Mexico State. I just I could see them slipping up against Arkansas, but Arkansas is kind of a weird team this year. Not really exactly sure what they're going to end up doing. Mm. Uh, after kind of a disappointing last year, and I think I agree, weird things can happen with Bama. Uh, that one is a... Uh, you never know, but I don't think anybody can safely go on record calling that a win confidently. In my contrarian schedule, um, which I always will say, Auburn's going to, in my, they win a game they shouldn't and lose a game they shouldn't. I think right there, you've got probably AM or LSU or Bama as one of the games that you shouldn't have won. And then I think there you drop the one of the Mississippi schools. Or I really, I'll even put it as four. Vanderbilt, Mississippi, either Mississippi schools or Arkansas, and maybe Cal. I'll put five. I'm just going to go all over the place. You lose one of those games, you had no business losing. So, and that would be the most Auburn thing ever, would it be to lose to Cal and beat Alabama. Mm. 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 I just think this is a lot more gettable. And, you know, if you're Hugh Freeze, this is your ideal year one schedule, right? Yeah. Could he have drawn a better schedule in year one as a coach uh, in the SEC West than this? I don't know. Penn State bloodbath like Brian mm-hmm. Harson had. Jeez, yeah. that was well, painful. Well, Hugh Free's schedule is easy. Ours is not here at the Auburn Express, powered by the War Report. We'll be back on schedule next Thursday to talk about hopefully some portal news, guys. It's been so slow. Um, but, you know, maybe there's some movement in basketball. I know Brandy has a lot of thoughts about what Bruce is doing on the basketball side or not doing. We're going to save that for next week. But until then, uh, as always, uh, we'll be back at you guys. So, uh, War Eagles. War Eagles.